0: turkaholics and welcome back to football a La Turca season two episode eight my name is kam baizet and i'm joined by a full panel tonight umut Naderi, Jakub marufolo üzer ginger and the man of the law himself guys welcome to the show
1: hello
2: thank you hey guys we've got a full
0: squad hey. here
3: today.
1: hello it's good to be back bringing you all the news from turkish football
0: you know, Mbuek, it's really good to have you back because last time we kind of felt lost without you a little bit when we didn't have our man of the law to, uh, you know, um, yeah, judge the, the situations. Um, not that much that happened this week, I think. Uh, pretty straightforward, especially what happened tonight uh, as we're recording this on Monday just after the Koinja Sport Malatya Sport match, and there's a an hilarious incident that happened there. Uh, but before we get to the Super League, just briefly going to touch on the national, uh, international break. Um, because we didn't get to that last week unfortunately so Turkey had two international matches for the European qualifiers this past uh, these past two weeks during the international break. Uh, The first one Turkey beat Albania 1-0 at home a goal coming in the 90th minute from Cenk Tosun Uh, and then Turkey went on to France and got a point away at France, which uh, I think was the ideal scenario for anyone. Well, of course, a win would have been better, but uh, a point away in France when you've already beaten them at home. That's fantastic, four points against France. So um, the French took the lead. Uh, I don't have the minutes in front of me here right now, but late in the second half, I believe around the 75th, 76th minute or something like that, um, Olivier Giroud had just come in off the bench, headed the corner home, 1-0 uh, for France and after they were basically uh, pounding on the door the entire match long, Mecht played a fantastic match. But then Khan Ayhan also came on as a substitute, to re- he replaced uh, Ziki who got injured and he scored against, again against France with a header off of uh, Hakan Chalano with a free kick I think. And Hakan Chalano actually making an impact as a sub of the bench. Um, in the second half, he did actually do quite well. I was surprised with his performance, but the main talking point I think coming out of this um, Is a little bit political. Uh, it's the the, the, the the salutes that the Turkish players did uh, We're not gonna spend too much time on that. I think uh, the outside world responded in a very chaotic and over-the-top way um, acting as if uh, The Turkish players were making, uh, I don't know, some sort of uh, Heil Hitler uh, signs or something like that. Uh, Well, in case you're not familiar with Turkish football, the military salute is a very common celebration in Turkey. Okay, maybe the timing may uh, be not perfect, but that's what... Turkish players, even foreign players in the league, do all the time whenever there's a, a victim, a Turkish soldier that dies in an attack or whatever. So it's uh, it's more of a sign of uh, respect for the army rather than condoning uh, a war or whatever. So I really, I really, I was really upset about all the BS the last two weeks from Spanish media, uh, Italian media, French media. The thing that pissed me off most is that they were clearly not well informed on the sort of subject matter, I felt like. I don't know how you guys felt about it.
1: Uh, same as you, can, I just think they they weren't informed about the subject matter and they chose to be sensationalist uh, with their comments. And, well, if anyone's looking to pick up a central defender, I think Merech Timmerhal might be on his way out of Juventus. And I'm sure he'd be welcome at Leicester to play alongside um, Charles Arsoun. He'd be welcome at I don't think he's come to the Super League <laughs> anytime soon. No, maybe soon. in about f- fifteen years, maybe to to end it. Um, but you know, Leicester tweeted their support of Charles Arsene, he, he played really well, to be fair to him, mm-hmm. our little handsome uh, de- defender there. Because you've got a good company. It's like Beauty and the Beast, isn't it? You've got Medick, who's like this rough, tough. Just he he would run for a brick wall. He would mm-hmm. headbutt a goat if he had to and you've got Charlar who's like, you know, Aramis of Three Musketeers. He's just graceful, skillful and elegant. But, you know, we're top of the group now, um, two games left. The big one is next, home to Iceland, mm-hmm. and I think it's a way to Andorra or away to Moldova. One of those two, I believe. Um, of course, we don't want to celebrate too soon. Yeah, Andorra, we don't want to celebrate too soon, but it's looking likely that Turkey, we'll be heading to Euro 2020 next year, and if they are, then tickets for all the group games, my dear listeners, will be out in December, and you can apply for all three in oh, one I batch. Oh, I
0: thought you were going to say tickets are on me or something. <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, <laughs> don't don't know. Maybe, maybe you met some, uh, some high-ranking uh, UEFA people uh, at your uh, after-hours uh, activities.
1: Well, we do have seminars about the law at midnight, so I may have some contacts. But yeah, that was my thoughts on the game, and they, we made a meal of it uh, against um, Albania. Was it Albania? I completely forgot yeah, who Albania, we played yeah. the first game. Albania, but, you know, Jenk Toson popped up, got the goal, and then Ihan loves scoring against the French. Um don't, you know. We had players missing. They had players missing. Mm-hmm. But the, the um,
0: one thing I didn't really like, though, I think that Khan Ihan didn't really want to do the military salute, and Mary got really pissed at him and kind of, uh, yeah, tried to force him into it. And I, in my opinion, it's kind of like, look, if you're if you want to do that, it's your decision. And uh, I think that the, the reactions from, for example, Saint Pauli is is absolutely irrational. And I understand that they're a, a club against fascism, and I get that that's in there in their blood but what they're doing is oppressing opinions too so isn't that fascism too and um, seems a little bit of a paradox uh but uh yeah no i Being- think khan Ihan was also called in at schalke uh mary demiral we, he, he was t- trending you know to mary demiral out or whatever that was it i don't know fire Demiral. i don't know what the fuck it was some stupid uh, trending uh, tweet but uh, it's a little bit disgusting I mainly because like 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 you said I mean it seems like they don't really understand this military they seem to think that they only just started doing this now because Turkey were uh, I think currently they're still in a ceasefire but we're in a war uh, in Syria against uh, Kurdish uh, troops and um, and whether you're Turkish or Kurdish, look, I don't think any of us here are, are sympathizers of the current uh, Turkish government, and I don't know if, if any of you is in favor of war. But I, I sure can only speak for myself, but I, I would never be in favor of war. But at the end of the day, uh, supporting your troops is not the same thing as supporting a war, in my opinion.
2: I mean, look, Turkey is is and always has been a very misunderstood country. <laughs> yeah. I think that's one of the key takeaways from the last ten days or so in Turkish as whether it's football, politics, anything at
0: all. Yeah, but what people also need to understand, like outsiders, um, Turkey is a country where military duty is still obligatory for men at least. Um, and in many of the European countries where they've now come out and spoken out against this, that's not the case. It's not been the case since the 60s or the 70s or whatever, uh, or maybe the 80s, whatever, but a long time ago at least, like one or two generations ago. Um, and the thing is as well I think what you need to keep in mind is when you are still if you know that at one point or another military service is going to be a part of your life or it already has been I think your connection with those soldiers is greater than it would be for let's say um, in in Belgium like where I live where there's no military service anymore I mean I I don't think people really have a connection to to soldiers here at the end of the day whether you agree with a war or not um I don't think that soldiers are are deserving of uh, scrutiny in the sense that of course if they could commit atrocities as something else but at the end of the day those are people that uh, sacrifice their own safety uh, for the safety of others of a country of an entire country Uh, and I think respect for those people should always be in place whether you agree with war or not uh, or with the campaigns or not. Uh, Jakub you've been very quiet do you have anything to add?
3: Um <clears throat> yeah, I think you guys pretty much summed it up. Um I'm gonna preface, uh, preface it with saying that I'm not the most educated about this stuff, but you know, it being the, the the position Turkey is in is a little bit is a little bit difficult for people to understand with you know, mm-hmm. the Middle East being a clusterfuck and Turkey being so close to it every time. Yeah. Um as you said, I live in the Netherlands, um you live in Belgium. Military service here isn't isn't compulsory. You know, you you don't have to do it. It's more a job here, so people don't really think of the military the way they do in Turkey. And I was in Turkey; it's pretty much intertwined into the daily life. And um, seeing the posts online, seeing the uh, seeing the criticism from uh, the football teams and everything, it's it, it's really a kick in the dick. But um, you know, after all of these, Turkey has been going through this stuff for a lot of a long time, so. I I I'm going to be used to it. How how, how bad that How bad that seems to sound. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's, it's difficult to difficult.
0: Yeah, but it's all almost xenophobic the way that they went about it. Like, m- making a military salute is suddenly condoning um, racial purifying or genocide or whatever, which is completely not the case, and it's just it just seems yeah. so. Yeah,
2: There was a lot of xenophobic and actually downright racist trash talk from a lot of people mm-hmm. across Europe and across the world as a, yeah. of, as a result of Turkey's action in Syria. And then some people <clears throat> just kind of who know nothing about anything to do with Turkey or Turkish affairs suddenly became experts overnight. Yep. And as we see a lot of the time with the internet, all of these kind of keyboard warriors talking crap, uh, vilifying Turkey, saying that Turkey is a nation of barbarians, blah, 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 all this nonsense. And that, that's been really the most frustrating thing because, as you say, people yeah. just don't understand the issues, don't understand the context and have these kind of preconceived ideas which are essentially racist. So it's yeah, really bad. Yeah, and yeah. It's a, and, and, and so, sorry to carry off, but no, uh, I think ahead. the importance of football is so, so important here because football is the international sport of the world. And if you do well in football, everyone knows your, your country, your players. They get a taste of what's going on in your country. So to, for Turkey to be topping the group of the qualifiers, uh, in a group with France who are the world champions, it's a really big deal. And we should be very proud of the place for, for having come this far and being on the verge of Euro 2020. If we qualify for Euro 2020, it, it cements Turkey's place in Europe because this is the biggest sporting event in Europe. Turkey is going to be a part of that, qualifying alongside France most likely. So to make sure that we don't get sucked into that Middle Eastern clusterfuck, we have to constantly make sure that we're engaging in European competitions in football and Champions League, cultural affairs, blah, blah, blah. So. The importance of Turkey topping this group shouldn't be underestimated.
0: Yeah, and uh, that's enough politics, I guess. Um, this isn't a political show, of course. Uh, you might think it of the last five minutes or so, but uh, let's move on to football. The Super League returns with match day eight, and on Friday, the reigning, defending Super League champions, Galatasaray, took on Sivaspor at the Türk Telekom Arena. Or what is it called these days? Turk Telekom Stadium or just the Alisamian Stadium, I guess? Um, and Galatasaray came out on top, winning 3-2 to goals here, coming uh, a brace from Florian Andone in the 21st and 42nd minutes. Uh, the first one was a really good taken goal from at the edge of the box after he took it. Uh, I think Ryan Babel played it into him, a screamer of a goal. The second one was a penalty. Um, then we have a red card in the 48th minute for Isaac Coffey. Aruna Kone po- pulled one back for Sivaspor in the 69th minute. Ryan Babel made it 3-1 in the 74th minute and had a very uh, interesting celebration. And then in the 84th minute, Erdogan uh, Yeshil Yurt put the final scoreline on the scoreboard 3-2. Galatasaray pick up an, uh, an important three points, and uh, Uzer will be telling us a little bit more about this match
2: yes the three points as they say in turkey we really really needed to win this game um previous match before the break was of course the nil nil against against who were rock bottom uh, in the previous match day um we played dreadful football and if we think take our minds back to terry's press conference after that game he said look maybe i should take some of the blame having continued to rely on the same players week in week out maybe i should have given some of the youngsters a chance to prove themselves, some hungry players, maybe I should have, maybe I should have done that. And then of course, fast forward to sort of match day eight, what does he do? He plays more or less exactly the same team that played against Gensler, again, with the exception of the two wing backs. Still we had Belhamda playing, still we had Babal playing. Um, so really I got the impression from looking at that that match they scored that he hadn't learned anything from the previous game. Um, Get, let's get it stuck into the action. Andone, like you said, scored an absolute screamer of a goal. Really, really excellent goal. He was, you, you might say he was channeling his inner Falcao. Such was the gracefulness and the elegance of that shot. I was really impressed. I didn't, I mean, I, I know that Andoni is, is a good player. I, I'd like him to go to um, to But I didn't think he had it in him to score such a, such an awesome goal like that. So, if, listeners, if you haven't seen it, do check it out on the Bane Sports app. Um, and Babble. So, ba- ba- Ryan Babble is a curious case because he actually gave the assist to Andre, like you said, Khan, and he played some decent football at times in the first half. Um, but, man, he was so wasteful as well. I mean, the whole Ryan Babble moving in from the left and trying to cut in on the right has been done and dusted like a thousand times already this season. And I think 999 of those times have just been a complete waste. And you're just screaming at the TV saying, Oh, Ryan Babble, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then, of course, the thousandth sign in this match, he became a goal. So it's, it's such a, he's such a frustrating player to watch. And uh, he's so wasteful a lot of the time. But the, at least there is that one occasion where he does something productive. He gave the assist, he gave the goal. So I wouldn't say he had a great game. But looking at the stats on paper, I mean, he's probably earned himself. Um, in fact, no, let's be honest, he's definitely earned himself a start against Real Madrid. And, you know, i got really nothing more to say about Valhanda. Um what else? Oh yeah, the wing backs. So Nagatoma and uh, Mariana were dropped in favour of Shener and Emre Tashin, who I think both had a very good game. To be fair, they both having despite having a lot of ma- uh, lack of match fitness, played pretty well. Um, they made some key tackles, particularly I think it was Shener who made a really good, really good tackle in the middle of the box, which, which would have been a hundred percent goal otherwise. Um, and I want to create another paragraph for Emre Mord as well because three weeks ago he was not even in the match day scored for PSG which I thought and a lot of people thought was just scandalous from Tyrion. because okay the guy had my issues off the pitch blah 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 I mean I don't really care about that stuff if the guy is playing football he makes a difference he's fast he's tricky he's uh he, he loves to face goal when he runs it's like he offers something very very different to you not know, that nobody else in this squad really has so it was a huge mistake for Terian not to have played him against PSG at least he's about putting him in the starting lineup um, and I think that was a, that was the right move. That was his best decision uh, for the Sivas Ball match. I hope he continues with that with the Real Madrid game. I'd like to see him play. Um, what about Muslera as well? Um, Muslera made two really key critical saves in the first half that would have any other goalkeeper could, could have let in and Sivas could have been 2-0 up within 20 minutes. So let's take nothing away from Sivas' performance. They're a very good team. Despite going 10 men uh, down to 10 men in the second half, they continued attacking, they scored. They put us into great great difficulty actually. Sylvester are a good team and actually this fixture, if you look at it historically, is always a bit of a goal fest. 3-2, so, 5 goals. Um, it, it, this is one of those games where uh, the gambling men amongst us should always back for for over 2.5 goals. That's a lesson for the future.
0: Yeah, and it was a little bit of flattering scoreline maybe at half-time, because as you said, score mm. did have a good game. Uh, at the end of the day and, and they did get that consolation laid on and it made it a close call but at the end of the day uh, they couldn't really after that, you know, after Andona's goal they couldn't really ever um, I think aspire to a point anymore despite playing a decent match uh, but yeah, Brian Babel's goal was really good too. What did you think of his celebration?
1: Yeah,
2: well, okay, so he was doing the whole chat stuff with his hands. Uh, I, I I read that as being Hayden's going to hate kind of thing because people have been slagging him off on social media because he's been playing bad and he's been giving all these kind of subliminal Facebook message, uh, Instagram messages and Twitter messages and stuff and quite frankly, like, listen, he should if he scores week in, week out then no one will say anything or if at least if he plays well week in, week out but he can't win, a, score a game and make a, score a goal and make an assist one week and then do nothing for four weeks just to have this kind of cocky attitude and celebration so, you know, I get why he did it he's got a personality he's a bit of an arrogant guy that's fine. But as long as he converts that channels that energy, channels that arrogance to playing well, then no one's gonna say anything. He should stick to responding on the pitch as he did at the weekend, so that's fine.
0: And nothing really I think on the on the on the red card, it was a double booking. Oh uh, yeah. Both yellows were, were very clear I think. Um yep. the penalty uh, my friend. my friend said it was soft when I looked at it, I really didn't think so. I thought it was a clear cut penalty.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, anything yep. Anyone it, wants to add on this match?
2: Nothing. I, I just I just want to say another few words about Falcao because um, yeah. he hasn't trained with the team in almost three weeks and I'm really not sure why. Uh, he's supposed to have some injury, okay, some knock. But um, I, I get this impression that there's something more sinister going on behind the scenes. Um, I don't know enough to really comment on it at this stage, but I wonder if Bumut would agree or if you think looking ahead to Real Madrid, is Falcao going to make an appearance? I think it's unlikely. What's going on there? I don't know. I think it's
1: very curious. To say the least. He's like this action figure that you buy. That's a really like rare edition, and there's a f- <laughs> and there's a few scratches on it. And you want to keep it in the box because you know as soon as you take it out of the box and
0: why would it there combines be scratches oxy- on it if it's still in the box?
1: Well, it's. I don't know that is the mystery that is Falcao right and as soon as you take him out the box you know he meets you know the chemicals combined and his knee starts to disintegrate so that's why he's being kept in a box but I want to see him play you know but I don't know what what is what is your conspiracy theory about Falcao let us know I
4: mean, he's old enough and I was against the transfer because these star transfers oh, just let us down too many times. Uh, not only for Galatasaray, even for Besiktas and Fenerbahce. Uh, you know, we are used to that and we almost half knew what was gonna happen, but they just, I don't know why, but wasted the whole summer transferring a one single guy for the forward position and then uh, eventually it came uh, fortunately for us to save the position for us but i don't know they are just hungry for money because their intention of playing football is the they're not uh, not the priority anymore just came for the fame and Doesn't
2: deliver anything. I I, I don't necessarily agree with that in in this case because I do think that Falcao wants to use this as an opportunity to to reinvent himself. We've got Champions League, we've got the passion of fans, etc. I do think think that he's hungry to play. I just I I wish the club would be more transparent with the injury or with the reason that he's not been training. You know, Um, because I think Lemina's been injured, but he's still been training with the team. Um, and I don't know, maybe he has an issue with Terim, Terim has an issue with him, something like that, I, I don't know, time will tell, but I do think if given the opportunity and full fitness, he would relish to play again, whether it's the Champions League or Toby League. I, I don't think he's the kind of guy that he just just came for the money.
0: No, but what do you think but it is then? We'll Problems with the coach, like you say, or maybe money issue? I mean, I can't imagine it's that he's not getting paid this early on no. in the season. I mean, even if he wasn't, I don't think that would be an issue already. So he, that I don't know. It's it's a weird situation for sure. Mm. We'll have to uh, keep an eye on it. Uh, maybe yeah. he'll play against Besiktas C team on the weekend. Um, but more <laughs> more of that later. Uh, let's move on to Saturday results. Antalya Spor getting trashed, absolutely demolished at home by Gençlerbirliği, who were last week, like you said, they are still rock bottom of the table. And I, I remember Bruck saying that you guys should be beating them easily. Uh, well, Antalya Spor per- apparently should uh, didn't get that memo that they should be beating Gençlerbirliği easily because this match ended nil to six. And yes, there was a red card in this match, but Honestly, I don't really think that played that much of a role, because after just one minute, Kandash already made it 1-0 to gain Terribley. Uh, 13 minutes in, Giovanni Sio made it 2-0. Then again Kandash in the 21st minute, making it 3-0. Then Bahadur Ozturk got sent off with a direct credit card for a last man fall. I think that was on Sio as well. Uh, then in the 37th minute, Kandejas uh, scores again to make it 4-0. Um, I believe that was uh, his hat trick. Yeah, he completed his hat trick there. Then in the 42nd minute, Giovanni Sioux made it 5 0. And now one more goal in the second half through Bogdan Stanku in the 57th minute to make it 6 0. Stanku also got two assists in this match. So Kandeas got three goals and two assists. And then Giovanni Sioux got uh, two goals and I believe an assist as well, if I'm not mistaken. So 6 nil, not much to say, I think, Burak, but you're going to tell us a little bit more about this match.
1: Well, well, leading into this match, you're like, okay, you know, we've had an international break, but you've got Antalya Sport just coming off the back of having beaten the Farabağçı 1-0 in Istanbul. So you've got to think, you know, there's a bit of confidence there in the squad. And then you've got Gensh who are rock bottom you think, okay, maybe there's an issue of morale, you know, and you're thinking, okay, this is going to be an interesting match, and it's been played in Antalya as well. Within a minute, that 1-0 up via Candéas, after some horrendous defending, which is going to be like the, the focal point of of the game, and within another 10 minutes, you know, Co 2-0, and then the third goal by Daniel Candéas, it was just awful defending by the Antalya player. he just he turned 360 degree, degrees on the spot he wasn't in that much danger he had time to either pass the ball out pass the ball back to the fence I've got no idea what happened he just lost his head completely and Kandesh just run through and slotted it underneath Bofan. and then 23rd minute red card for Bochaduras Duras Turk again Sio's running past him and he's probably just looked at this and thought fuck this I don't, I don't want any more. He just professionally fouled him and got, got hauled off the pitch, and then again, candea scores again, Sio scores again, and um, they those two linked up really well. You know, assisted each other. You know, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. did it score a goal? No, you score a goal. Sanalabi, Sanwardabi, and they're just having a little bit of a a game there. It's five nil after 42 minutes. Um, Antalya just completely they're decimated they've been ripped apart and after the break Stanku scores a great probably one of the, the best of the six goals actually uh, for me anyway because I, I do love a chip over the keeper so even though Candace and Cio had some, some great goals some good volleys and some good curling shots the, the class from Stanky to chip it over the goalkeeper was, was immense. Um, Antalya did score twice, but it was ruled out twice for offside correctly. Uh, the first goal was offside, unfortunately, and, and the second one, even though it was a rocket that went in, um, the guy received the ball in an offside position to start with the Antalya Spur player. And you're looking at this team and you're thinking, how how the hell did they beat Farabacha? 1 0, and they've gone from that to that straight away. But you know, they are being managed by Bilan Koromas, and he's used to losing 6 0. So I think that's is what, is what, what's happened. Um, I don't know, Art of Sheju, which is just a passenger, but I think getting hammered that early on just must have demoralized the team, and they're they just going to overcome it. So it was a shame to see Nazim Sangere. Um, just, just looking crestfallen and, and disappointed, but looking, this is like you know the shock result of the weekend, because the bottom place team against Antalya, who you know have got a decent squad, made some good signings, been playing okay, uh, beat Fenerbahce, but they just got absolutely what, mauled six 0 So it just goes to show that this league is so up and down and we've we had some other crazy golf fests this this uh, match day week as well so you cannot say the super league is not entertaining and you never know what's going to happen so that is why you have to tune in every week because you never know who's going to get hammered 4-0 or when there's going to be three red cards or when they're gonna do a call buster on the pitch after the game? So,
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, every exact, exactly uh, thirty four goals, I think I'm counting this match day. So it was absolutely uh, insane. Um, it would have been nice if would have been a couple more uh, as a Bishkek fan. Uh, but talking about call buster, I believe uh, our dear friend Jakub Marofolo was probably dancing after the Trabzonspor Gaziantep match finished. That one finished four to one, and guess who? got on the score sheet for the first time indeed Daniel Sturridge in the ninth minute and then uh, five minutes later he assisted Alexander Serloff's 2-0 as well Um, then Jefferson pulled one back in the 54th minute uh, to make it 2-1 to Gaziantep and that was really deserved at that point I felt like uh, Gaziantep had been pushing um, and and they deserved to get back into the match but then Jose Sosa scored from outside the box the uh, commentator liked it a little bit too much to my liking for a shot that didn't really go. No, but just the, the, <laughs> the shot. He was like acting like it was an amazing strike from distance. And then I looked at the replay and it was like really quite central. And the goalkeeper should have done more there. Um, and then Yusuf Sarre made it 4-1 in the 81st minute. And then Coyote got his second direct red of the season. Again after a VAR check. Um, after he had initially already gotten a red card a couple of weeks ago against Besiktas, after he got into it with uh, Mohamed Elneny. So, yeah, he gets sent off again. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what's up with that guy. He's a really good player, I feel like. Uh, He also caused a lot of havoc in this match. He was... uh, fundamental I believe in the goal that uh, they ended up scoring um, and he's just a really quick and, and good attacker for a counter-attacking team but I don't know he has these little ten nasty tendencies but uh, Jakub tell us a little bit more about uh, what you felt uh, when uh, Daniel Sturridge scored and just your general uh...
3: yeah I, I unfortunately couldn't watch the game live because uh, I was working so first of all, why the fuck is a game being played at like 4:30 in the evening? You know, that's that's my first complaint. But um, I I, <clears throat> I kept an I kept an eye on the match, um, and I felt my I felt my phone in my pocket pausing like a lot, and it was a couple of friends of mine that also knew that you know I, I, I'm waiting for uh, Daniel Storch to score one, and I thought oh it, it might have happened, so I so I excused myself and. Um, yeah, I, I saw the I saw the dance. I couldn't find the goal. It was a it was a really annoying two minutes or so to find the, the goal online. But yeah, I'm I'm so happy, man. I'm so happy that he finally scored. He deserves it, you know. He uh, he still he still isn't really like uh, fit enough to play ninety minutes. But you can see that when he's on the pitch, the guy is just uh, you know you, the the quality is just dripping off him. You know, he uh, he has a really good vision. Um, in the second goal you can see that you know in the first goal he was you, you can see him really shouting for the ball You know you, you can see that he's very hungry for the for the goal and a uh, nice play from surlots, you know To get the ball to him um, We get the we get to see his dance everybody in the uh, club zone did his, did the dance and i'm sure a lot of people put it on instagram Twitter I you know i'm not a dancer, so I didn't um but in the second goal, you can just see the pass that he gave to to, to It's just a, a really wonderful pass, you know. And um, he seems to get better day after day, and um, I, I can't wait to see him. You know, when he's when when the team is back with uh, players like uh, Ekuban and um, Ekuban and there to see how we will uh, play with those guys, you know. Um, but uh, the game in general, I I, um, I thought that you know the team the team just keeps putting. Uh, Putting their performance higher and higher every week, it seems. Um, a lot of a lot of thanks goes to um, goes to and, uh, and and the players on the pitch, of course. But um, this was a this was this was a game that we should have won, and we did. Um, generally, Trabzonspor has a problem that whenever um, they play a game that could top uh, that could that could have them top the league. Um, if they win, they just you know they just. Cram, uh, crumble under the pressure, and they don't get a win. But they did. Um, there are a couple of points of the game. Um, there was a there was a kind of uh, penalty shot from Gaza deep in the first half. Um, I don't know which player it was from them, but it was with uh, Hussein from us. Um, I, I, I the the um, the summaries showed showed that uh, in, in slow motion, it didn't really look like a penalty to me. There was a little bit of contact but um, I thought the Gazeta player went down too easily. Um, the, the potential red card that Soissas could have gotten, um, you know, he was too late to the ball, he, he did get the ball, but um, you know he just kept going and hit, hit the opponent on the leg with his leg. Um, I generally think that uh, positions like that are a red card. Um, but, you know, he, he got a yellow card, which is okay. It could have been a red, but I think it might have been a um, a harsh one. Um, the goal that Gaziantep scored, you know, it it, it, it looked preventable. Um, it all stems from a uh, from a mistake by Hussein that really couldn't get the ball from uh, from the from the attacking player. Um, not 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 a lot of strength uh, on his body, and if he, if he could have pushed him a little bit harder, it shouldn't it it won't it wouldn't have ended in a goal, you know. Um, the goal from Sosa, you know, um, I like the guy, uh, but uh, as you said, the, the commentator maybe did a little bit too much. But um, <laughs> really
0: important goal though, because yeah,
3: really really important goal. But I remember because um, this the, the the commentator was the same one that uh, commentated the match last year, in which Rodega scored a uh, scored a uh, bicycle kick, you know, mm. so that was pretty much that was probably the reason they got the guy for this match because it, there something like that might happen and it did but you know i'm 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 happy because uh, as i as i've said numerously i like Sosa. he's like he's he's, he's probably the, my favorite player on the pitch and after the game i i, I read a couple stats i don't know if they uh, i i, I kind of checked them to be uh, to look if they were true or not but it's supposedly He's the player that received the ball the most, the player with the most accurate passes, the player with the most passes, the mo- player with the most one duels, and in this you know, match
0: or in general? In,
3: no, in this match, and okay, you can see yeah, that important. for for a, for a player of his age, you know, it's it's wonderful to see that. Um, then uh, to see the goal that Yusuf got, uh, I did see that one. Uh, I did see that one live. I'm, I'm happy that he, uh, you know, I'm happy that he's back from his injury. So we got another player on the wings, and that he got his goal. And um, I hope he gets a little bit of more, a little, little bit of confidence back. I didn't like the, the celebration, to be honest. I thought, like you just came back from your injury. Maybe don't do like six flips. Yeah. And um, but it ended well. It was it was funny to see him hug uh, Sirlof because there's like a half meter difference in height between them. <laughs> it <just> looked like <laughs> a dad, you know, caressing a child from. You know, and congratulating them you know, with a good uh, with a good performance. Um, and lastly, um, the red card that you talked about for Gazan. Um, yeah, we know seeing it seeing it live in the in, in, in the in the tempo that the match was in, it's kind of hard to you know see it immediately as a red card. So uh, I get it. I get why he gave a yellow, but um, seeing it, seeing it in far and uh, seeing the elbow come up, it really looked deliberate to me. You can maybe say that because uh, Yusuf is a really tiny guy, it looked more like, a, you know, like, um, like a battle for the ball. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but um, he did
0: the same thing. It's really, really curious because he did the exact same thing with Elneny um, a couple of weeks ago. Well, exact, it's not the exact same, it's not like a carbon copy, but it's the same thing, basically like giving a little dirty elbow in a duel because he's frustrated, I think, and when you I mean, I know, I understand that you can do that if there's no VAR, but when you know VAR is looking and you just got a red card for that, like, three, four weeks ago, why on earth are you still doing that? It's uh, so stupid.
3: I mean, I the, the only thing I can think about is probably that he was, you know, he was frustrated and um, probably the celebration that Yusuf did, that he was like, you know, yo, that's a little bit disrespectful, you know, you won the game and stuff, but maybe tone it down. But you know that's the only thing I can imagine. You know, I'm not saying that that's the reason why he did it. But um, you know, the spur of the moment, the heat of the heat of the moment. You know, it is what it is. Um, so we were temporarily, we were the the number one uh, on the on the leaderboard. That was good to see. Um, the team start. The team seems to you know gel gel together again. Um, the the city seems to believe in it. I can't wait for the potential. Um, down 5 after the winter break I hope it won't happen but you know um, I'm, I'm happy with the result
0: yeah. anyone's got anything to add to uh, Trabzelspor who I, I don't know I, I think right now looks like the team to beat for the title not counting Alanya Spor am I right in saying that or is it a little early for that
1: definitely front runners. they play attractive fast paced football and when they get their injured players back that they are going to be a force to be be reckoned with um, it's just whether they can stay consistent which Jakob um, I- mentioned might be might be an issue but they've been playing together for a long time now yes they've lost uh, Youssef Yazaji Yaz- Yaz- and um, Abdul Qad is injured right now but they've got players that have you can see that they've stepped up they're still playing the same style of football they've still got they play with pace and intensity and they get the ball forward quickly they move out quickly so they're a good team to watch they're an enjoyable team to watch and definitely up there with the favorites i think to to win the league
0: and they can still get better like you said with abdul kadir Although I don't know how quickly he'll be back, but Ekuban will be coming back soonish, uh, And then, you know, they could still potentially uh, even get one or two good players in the winter. Not that they really need it, but I, I think maybe if they get like one Fabian Ernst or Federico Giunti type signing, Besiktas fans will know <laughs> what I'm talking about. Then I uh, could really give them a great chance, I think. Uh, anyone, anything to add to Trabzonspor or shall we move on to the next match? Okay, moving forward, Bashakchi here takes on Gustepe at uh, the Fatih Terim Stadium, or is it still called that actually? Uh, that match ended 2 1 in favor of Bashakchi here. Frederick Gulbrandsen put the host ahead in the 11th minute, but Sener, uh, Sonar Idol scored against his ex club in the 64th minute to make it 1 1 right before that he had missed an incredible sitter, by the way. Um, but then in the second minute of stoppage time, Martin Schertel put the 2-1 on the scoreboard after some fierce pressure from Basakşehir and Okanburuk gets the three points. He seems to have turned things around, Basakşehir had a terrible start to the season, Uh, pretty much the same thing as Besiktas, but contrary to Abdullah Avci at Besiktas, Okanburuk has been able to turn things around so far and Basakşehir get three points here and Umut will be telling us a little bit more about this match.
4: Uh, yeah, uh, Başakşehir started the game without Daniel Aleksic this time. Uh, Okan Buruk went with Gökhan Inler. Uh, and uh, we could see that uh, many of the Başakşehir players were tired of the international break because they gave like three players to the national team this season. Uh, Irfan Can, Mahmut rank, Mert Günok played 90 minutes uh, in the French game. So they looked tired in the game a bit. and. Basakşehir even though uh, their tiredness uh, didn't affect but because Basakşehir started the game dominating the game and Beto made some crucial saves uh, during the first half uh, denying too many uh, goal opportunities for Basakşehir and goal came from a pass from Epriano like a four meter ground pass which is incredible for him and very nice off the ball run from Gulli to finish it well in the near post but it's firstly denied by the officials uh, as offside but Varchek said it's uh, fair and goal was given after the Varchek and ex-Başakşehir player Marcio Mossoro made two harsh tackles on Mahmut Tekdemir and Irfan Can but only one of them got a yellow card however I believe he should be sent off after his second offense to Irfan Jan, uh, because uh, first he done uh, to Mahmut Tekdemir was a stood to his uh, leg directly but no card was given to that offence uh, after the go- uh, goal Gustape uh, found chances and single of them uh, uh, one of them came from Soner Aydoudou like uh, from a set piece he crossed and the ball just went over the post and As you said earlier, he missed a sitter from uh, just in front of the goal which came to his wicker foot, right foot, and he missed it. And after the second half, uh, he found a chance from the central area and tried his uh, chances from a long way out and uh, found a goal for and beating Mart. And we are aware that he is capable of doing this because He is recently uh, impressing for Gostepe and I think he should carry on for that. He's carrying the team right now and the ability to make a difference for Gostepe, I believe. Also, after conceding the game, uh, Başakşehir turned into offensive play once and for all and bombarding the Gostepe goal, but without any luck, uh, they had to wait until 90 plus second minutes to find a goal which a uh, lucky corner bounced from everyone to drop right in front of Shkirtel to finish it for here. And Bashakshir won the game
0: 2-1. Yeah, good win for Bashakshi here. And uh, they pick up three vital points. Um, unless anyone has anything to add, let's move over to the next match. Nope. Okay, let's move over. Ankara Guju This match ended in a very disappointing nil-nil. The only match this weekend in which there were no goals, Um, and it was just really a boar fest, I felt like. there was The the, the highlight of the match was the red card for Serhat Achai in uh, the 76th minute. He got basically uh, two yellow cards in the span of, I don't know, five seconds or something. He got a yellow card and then he was still mouthing off a little bit against the ref and he got another yellow or direct red. I'm not even sure if he got a second yellow or direct red. but it was a little bizarre. Uh, yeah, apart from that, Besiktas missed, I think, two really good opportunities. Ankara Giju, it was really very much a tale of one team that really has probably the least quality in the entire league, being Ankara <laughs> Although <laughs> the difference uh, wasn't big. Um, but that they just really, you know, the thing with Ankara Giju is they are probably on paper the worst team in the league. Uh, but they're not in the bottom three for a reason. That's because they really do give it their all every match. Um, and that was the same here again. They just gave it their all. They m- made it into a really physical match. Uh, not in a dirty way or anything. Uh, but they just made it a physical game. Made it difficult for Dash to do anything. Uh, Bishikdash, like I said, I think they had two really good opportunities or so. But that's really not enough uh, over 90 minutes against uh, Ankara Gugje. Um... Yeah, I think maybe Besiktas probably would have won this uh, had Burak Yilmaz not gotten injured um, and, and had to be subbed off before that red card to set up. I mean, I think if you have Burak on the pitch in the final 20 minutes with uh, the opponent down to 10 men, you'll probably find a goal. But uh, as, as Umut mentioned before, with, with Irfan Jan and Mahmud being tired after the international break, uh, I do really blame Channel Ganesh for... Burak really being injured again because he's just only gotten back from a two plus month injury. He's 34 years old. He's already injury prone. Um, he's still picking up form. Besiktas had already rested him in between uh, league games in Europe. So they rested him against uh, Wolves in order not to risk another injury. And then Sannel Güneş goes and just plays him 180 plus minutes in the international break. Um, I understand that he starts him against Albania, but against France, I really don't get why. He just couldn't start Cenk and maybe bring Burak on in the last 20 minutes or so. It just feels like a lack of respect from the national team coach to uh, both Burak and his club. Um, but again here, Burak, I, I'm sure that Burak said I want to play against France because he did the same thing here. Abdullah Avci said after the match that he already had some pains, but insisted on playing. And I'm sure it was the same against France. But then coaches need to step up uh, and protect the players from themselves. Um, but yeah, they don't really have anything except for Burak up top. And you can see that as soon as he's off, that they're kind of deca- decapitated. Uh, Umut Nair came on as a sub. Uh, had a one-on-one opportunity, missed that. Then probably the biggest chance of the entire match uh, came for um, Abdullah Diaby. Uh, yeah, really good open goal-scoring opportunity, but he hits it straight at uh, Kulusić who uh, came diving in with a tackle to clear it off the line. And in the first half, the best opportunity was also for Besiktas, where Abdoulaye Diaby basically cut through the, the heart of the Ankara Guju defense. And at all, frac- the last fraction of a second, Kulusiç managed to put his foot against uh, the shot that uh, Diaby was firing at the goal, because that probably would have been a goal too. So Besiktas definitely could have won this match. But at the end of the day, they lack quality. Ankerigou, I think, over the course of the 90 minutes, didn't really create any really good opportunities. But they played a very good hard front match. Uh, the red card for Setout was weird. I don't think we know why exactly. I, the only thing I can think of is that he swore at the ref. And you can see in the replay that he was still talking. And kind of had this, like, a little bit of a venomous look on his face. You know, like he was... I don't know, giving him a giving a having a go at the ref, and this is a new referee by the way. It was his first Super League match, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and I, I think overall, I think he had a really good game. Um, don't know what you guys thought of his performance. Um, anything to add about the dreadful Bishikdash performance? Who, after this match, by the way. They didn't only lose Burak Yilmaz, but they've also lost Abdullah Diaby apparently and Douglas to injury. Adding that uh, to the already washed list of injuries they already have with Dorokan Tokus, uh, Gokhan Gunul uh, He might be fit for the Galatasaray derby. I'm not sure about that. Uh, Olsan Uzjakub, Ke- uh, George Kevin Nkudu. Uh, I think in total, basically they just have like six or seven injured players right now. So next week they play Galatasaray. And not to mention, they still have a European game as well. So I don't know what Besiktas are going to field in those matches. But it's not even going to be a B team, it's going to be a C team. So it's going to be a very interesting derby at Vodafone Park uh, next week. Because Besiktas look like they're going to have to field a very, um, yeah, uh, experimentary uh, side. Anything to add, guys?
1: No, let's just end your misery and move on, Khan.
0: Oh I thank you. <laughs> okay, well let's move <laughs> let's move on to Sunday then. Kasim Pasha, ka, uh, ka, sorry, Kaiser Sport Kasim Pasha. This match ended in a 1-1 draw after Mame Tiam had put Kasim Pasha 1-0 up in the 6th minutes, and Pedro Henrique got the equalizer in the 56th minute. So 50 minutes later. And uh, Jakub is going to tell us a little bit more about this match.
3: So um I, I thought it was a really a really weird match, you know, it seemed like um, it, it, it looked like uh, how people think football is being, should be played, you know, a lot of attacking, but no end product. Um, I wrote in my notes, I w- it was like a game of two halves, uh, I thought that Kassam Pasha in the first half was maybe a little bit better, uh, the second half Kayseri was a little bit better, but. Um, yeah, as I said, it, it was a lot of you know kicking balls into the into the box and then nothing happened. Uh, kicking balls like kinda kinda to the goal, nothing happened. It was like you know it was a frustrating game to came to watch, to be honest. Um, a lot of play on the midfield, but when it came to the goal, it was like oh shit, we forgot how to play football. Um, what are we supposed to do? It um, was it was it was a, it was a game. Uh, with a couple of penalty shouts, um, I don't know if, uh, if if it's because of VAR that uh, people seem to um, catch up to these a little bit more. But um, there was like a there was like one against uh, against Kasım Pasha, um, a corner from uh, from Kaiser Sport, and it hit Bektimek um, on the arm. But um, I'm pretty sure that you know I'm not a man of the law. Um, but it, it, if it, if a penalty was given, it, was, it should have been really really way too soft. Um, as I said, a lot of attacking positions, but none, none of them showed any actual danger. The first goal that um, the first goal that uh, Kasim Pasha scored in the in the game, it looked really preventable. It seemed like the players were like, yeah, just you know, just it, nothing won't happen And uh, Ka Pasha player just came and just took the ball, you know. Um, it It looked like the players were maybe sleeping uh, during the match a lot. Um, the Kaiser Sport goal was was really weird. Uh, it, it looked like um, uh, I'm sure that everyone who played football on a pitch knows it. Sometimes you just score and you're, you you just scratch your head like, what did I do to score this? And um, the player, um, I'm I'm not, I don't, I I haven't got the name here, but he, he, he got a good cross, but he, he, he tried to shoot it, but the ball just hit him in the hit him in the hip, and it went in. It was like, I guess it's a goal. You know, you can't you can't disallow a goal for being yeah. uh, you Pedro know for nothing. Yeah, for not being a good one, but it, it was a really weird one. Um, as I said, the first half, maybe Cousin Pasha deserved it more. The second half, um, Kayseri got back into it. Um, for me, it was it was nice to see Piraal Pasha Cipolla play good again. Um, you know, being an ex Feyenoord player and me being a, a finaler, it's, it's it's nice to see players like that. Um, a player that I really liked in the Netherlands, you know, a really, really good player, really uh, technical player. Um, it's good to see him have a good game, you know. Um, He's still not uh, to his finals form, to be honest. He had a couple dangerous shots on goal, if I, if I don't remember, uh, if I remember correctly. Um, but other than that, it was it was kind of a frustrating match, to be honest.
0: Yeah. He was a great player at Heravíin, and then when he first came to yeah, yeah. Sport, he had a really good start too. But then he completely faded away and kind of dropped off of the radar. Was he injured or something? You know?
3: I don't know. I think uh, I I this is this, I I don't have any um, any basis for this. Just just to say that. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of um, you know, he's a he's a really young player, and um, living in a place like Kaizer maybe you know not the best situation for him. Um, that he got a little bit, you know, uh, that he got a little bit um, not concentrated, on, you know, on football. Um, coming from a place like Rotterdam um, to to Kaiser is maybe a little bit hard for a player that of his age. But as once again, I don't think that's this is the reason. I that's this is um, I I don't think this is the reason, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I don't remember if he got injured. I do think he got injured uh, back when he when he first uh, first came to Kaiser But as I said, and as you said, uh, he was really good at here. Fane. Maybe he wasn't really that good at final. But uh, the year they won, uh, they they won the league. He was he was really pivotal. He, he was a good he was a good sub. And uh, with Alia on one wing and with him on another wing, it's it's weird to see Elia perform pretty well and. Um, uh, and below, and below, not, you know. Um, so, but uh, it it will be all right. I think he's a, he's a he's a player um, that is of the caliber uh, to 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 play in the national team. But um, maybe I'm maybe I'm just looking way too far in the future.
0: Well, we need wingers desperately, so let's hope that uh, he picks up his form and Vesel Sare. Uh, two of uh, Vesel Sare. What am I saying? <laughs> Yusuf Sare. Two of, cor- of course, of uh, course. Yeah, Vesel Sare on the wing. Let's let's go. Uh, let's go against Iceland. Um, but let's move over to the next match because I think Östers time is almost up. Uh, so quickly, let's move over to Alanya Sport, Rize Sport. This match ended five to two. So another high-scoring match. Goals here coming from Jehun Gulsalam in the 60th minute, putting Alanya ahead. Papis Cisse making it 2-9 according to my notes, but no, 2-0 uh, in the 29th minute for uh, ba- Alanya's score. Then uh, Anastasius Bacacetas made it 3-0 in the 51st minute. Then Fernando Baldrin pulled one back from the spot in the 66th minute. But just four minutes later, Junior Fernandez would make it 4-1. Then Fernando Baldrin again making it... Uh, pulling one back for itaiko sport in the 73rd minute making it 4-2 and then papis Sise putting the final score on the scoreboard in the 75th minute so in a time span of five minutes there well really in the time span of nine minutes we saw one two three four goals uh that was crazy um so a goal fest in Alanya, papi Sise scoring his eighth goal in eight matches and uh Uzzer will be telling us a little bit more about this match
2: yeah i'm i'm really enjoying the rise of island's ball of this season there they, they might be a bit of a flash in the pan but they're playing some really sexy football um and i think they're competing with charles on as being the most hipster team in in this season super league i mean um they play some really fast place uh, football They make some slick passes um the front well sise and junior fernandez but are you know are on fire but you mentioned like um, a consensus is, it, is the greek 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 yeah. uh, striker and the front three Bakasetis. of those guys that's the one that front three is uh, really yeah. on lethal form uh, um and behind them you've got jay Hume as well who's having a bit of a renaissance and i was just checking out the stats of the island uh, sport squad so Caesar has eight goals um Junior fernandez four with two assists Armand Bakasetas two goals four assists and jay Hume, who would have thought it three goals and one assist so the four of them together have 24 goals for a London spot and like really they are playing some really awesome football they destroyed Rizzo's sport, really and Rizzo's sport are not a bad team um, and if you watch the highlights as well you can see that Cissé himself could have at least got a hat-trick in this game oh yeah there was one triple chance over the course of about three seconds where he could have where he hit target three times I think but yeah, five one time he go- yeah. yeah exactly defender got in the way goalkeeper got in the way um, so so yeah, there's some, there's some play some at times chaotic football, but it's it's really fun to watch. Um, and Jay Hun, who I think he he said that he's got the squash he got on the score sheet first for this game with a really great header. Um but Casseta's goal was, was really good as well. Um yeah, I mean let's see let's see how far Alanya can go. I mean it's a small town on Turkey's Riviera. I would like to see them to see them do well because I think it will be a fun place for uh, Europeans to come to if they if they reach the Europe League. But you mm-hmm. know, it's still early days. A lot of the guys whose names I mentioned as being on fire, they are actually on the wrong side of what well, I think C says what, thirty four? Um but probably in the he's yeah. yeah, but hes
0: it's funny, he's got eight goals in eight matches, but he probably could have had 12 or 13. Right? Right. He's, he's missing exactly, a lot of opportunities, exactly. but he's getting in so many opportunities at the same time, too. And yeah. it, It's quite remarkable that uh, Alainia Spohr had the top goal scorer in the league uh, three years ago, I think, with Wagner Love. <laughs> um, yeah. Then they kind of struggled a little bit, they got Bobo back from Australia, that didn't really work out, you know, the former Besiktas player uh but then they went and uh, got puppy Sise as well and uh yeah he's been a great success mm. for them uh guys anything to add to this match
3: no not really
1: no I just think this um this stint with Alanya sport could could be arrow bullet's um audition mm-hmm. to become the next um uh, manager of air so um, well, of you, you,
0: you guys don't need a coach. We need a coach soon, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Hands
1: off with we won in first.
0: Yeah, no, I'll take second. <laughs> Actually, I don't wish that job on anyone right now. Uh, yeah, it's a terrible position. Um, anyway, uh, nothing to add, lads. Alania Sport bl- playing fantastic football. What can we say there? They're, they're continue. And like I said last time, you know, when we when Bestes, Bestes beat them last match day 2-0, but... Alanya Spor in that match did really show why they are top of the table. Despite losing 2-0, they were still by far the dominant team in that match. And, you know, they got a little bit unlucky with the penalty not going their way. And Bistach, well, I think the Bistach penalty was was clear, but then they should have had a penalty afterwards, probably. Um, and, and, yeah, just, you know, they were really good in that game too. And sometimes you lose even when you're playing well. And, and Alanya Spor seemed to be one of, you know, it's one of those teams that they don't have any pressure. They're just playing their football, and maybe this will end at some point uh, in the second half of the season. Um, I'm sure that the Trabzelspor and Fenerbahce and Galatasaray fans are hoping it will. Oh, Basakshihir fans. Um, but yeah, anyway. Good joke. Yeah, let's move over to the next one. Spor Fenerbahce. The scene of that nightmarish 106 minutes of football over uh what is it like almost 15 years ago i think burak this time it did not end in uh, agony for you, because Fenerbahce got away with a 1-2 victory in Denizli. Goals here coming from Tolga Zierci in the 39th minute and Vedat Muric in the 62nd minute after a really nice steal and assist by the old man Emre Belozolo. And then uh, Oscar Estupinian got one back in the 73rd minute after um, Altai missed uh, a cross and uh, didn't look too good there, but all in all, a solid win for for Fenerbahce who stay on track and rebound from their surprising defeat at the hands of Antalya Spur last week and Burak will be telling us a bit more about this game.
1: Indeed here we go it's a return back to Dinizli which is, is never nice if you're a Fenerbahce fan but it's a little bit nicer when you know you have a full back four going into the game so the best left back in the world, as we know, Hassan al uh, back in after his foot injury in pre season. And a welcome return for Saadar Aziz as well, who actually had a, a very good game and was a lot of people's man of the match. and I have to say, um, I was impressed with his uh, performance, um, it's just keeping him fit, which is going to be the issue. And right side of the fence lined up with uh, Monitsu Isla, who's making his much welcome return from injury as well he's just seems a little bit off the pace but it's good to have uh, defenders playing in their actual positions um the curse of the lefties so max cruiser unfortunately was injured so we uh, could not play him and of course gary rodriguez was back our little speedster on the left, but it did mean that we had to shunt Ozan Tufan out onto the right wing, which is not his position. And I do I feel sorry for the guy because he's he's had to play a lot of different positions this this season. But to be fair he's he's pretty much he's done a job, he's been professional, he's worked very hard. Um what I must say is um the, I was impressed with the work rate of the team on on the the, the Sunday that we play with them Tolga Giardia um, despite missing a whole season last season, his his willingness to work and run. um I didn't like it when we were putting him out on the wing. I mean he he could kind of do a job there, but the guys you know six foot three, six foot four is probably like ninety kilos. he's not gonna be running around for ninety odd minutes. but I just felt that again there was a lack of cutting edge about the team. It, it all felt a bit lethargic, a bit slow. I had more confidence in the defense with regards to when Dennis were attacked, I was not really under too much stress when we were soaking up the pressure because you had both Sanka and Sadar's who were good uh, at, at the back. He tried a little bit of link-up play with Hassan Ali and, and Gary, which was okay. But then the, the breakthrough crumb comes again from that man Vedat, who gets a hitter in it comes off of the bar falls to Torgan's feet and I'm there thinking just control it get it on target just try and get it on target and it does and it puts us 1-0 into the lead which I think was deserved based on the balance of play we, we tried to do a little bit more than they than had done and then the second goal comes after you mentioned Khan, after a lovely little play from uh, Emre uh, nicks the ball gets his head up Like any good young footballer should do, uh, picks out Vedat and he loves that sliding left foot finish. He scored a few goals like that. Um, I think he scored a similar one for Kosovo in the international break, which was albeit a tapping, but still. Reminds
0: me of Mario Gomez. Yes,
1: maybe he's watching his videos and getting inspiration from another great goal scorer. But, But. Vedder for the whole match was pretty much, he just looked isolated. Apart from that, maybe that, that time he scored and the and the header. We re- are really struggling to play fast and quick football, quick passes. I'm not sure whether it's the lack of pace we have in our team at the moment. The fact that it's a brand new team that's been just ravaged with injuries at, since the start of the season when they seem to make a good start with pace with Moses on the right and Rodriguez on the left and Cruza. Um I know we did have Hassan de Calderon from the start but we had Dirac on the on the left and Isla was starting and then he got injured and we had to shunt the midfield around but it just feels all very laboured from Ferrabacha but if you're a Ferrabacha fan listening to this look we're, we're third at the moment and we have I can't remember how many points we have at the moment but we've got about um, 14 points and we're in third And last season, we had about 16 16 points after, you know, 15, 16 games. So this is definitely an improvement on last season. The standard of football maybe isn't quite what we would expect as Farabacha fans in the last four or five games. And we've lost two games in the last six as well. So it's going to take a little bit more time um, the Denizle goal, as you mentioned, just a, another individual error. I mean, the goals that we've been letting in have all been from individual errors pr- pretty much. It's not as if we're being cut apart by the opposition's attack, etc. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the goals we let in against uh, Antalya, like Jelson error, the three goals we let in against Alanya, all individual errors. The goal that we let in against Deniz, the Altai comes from across completely, misses it, nearly catches some bloke's head. Um, it goes in. So even though we've been letting in goals, we've not, it's not as if we're being put under so much pressure. Um, the defense is doing well. So Yeah, I know what I'm you not, mean. Like You know yeah. what I mean? It just, just yeah. feels like it's a bit flat.
0: I completely I mean, understand what you mean. And also, the, one of the observations I kind of have, and I don't know if you agree with this, but in the past, we've always seen Fenerbahce as a team of um, decent overall, but mainly relying maybe a little bit too heavily on a couple of really high-quality individuals, and I just feel like this team, this Fenerbahce team, is far more a work-rate team. Like, they may not be playing the best football, but they're giving it their all, like you said before with Ozan, like you said with Tolga. I think you have a lot of those players with those characteristics who maybe don't have that quality of players of the past, uh, you know, high days or whatever you want to call it, but you do have that work rate, and I think in this season where um, I think most teams are really struggling. As we if we look at the point total, we're eight matches in, and uh, both Trabzon and Fenerbach have 14, 15 points. That's not massively impressive. Um, you you know, normally there's by this point there's one team that's sticking out about the, above the rest already. But it's really everyone can lose to anyone at, at any given point. It seems like except for Trabzon, I kind of have the feeling that they don't really have those surprise defeats. Uh, yet, uh, no no jinx here uh, for you, Jakub. Uh, I'm sure uh, you're already uh, looking at me with a <laughs> stare of death. But No, 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 you're right. But yeah, but in, the, in general, you know, I, I just feel like I don't know what's better a team that has that Talishka Alex type player that can maybe, when you are having a shit game, still win it for you, or just a team like this with Fenerbahce that just gives it. They're all constantly, know, yeah, maybe you'll have a, a bad one against Antalya. But at the end of the day, I mean, they're doing better than both Besiktas, especially, and Galtzrai are right now. Uh, Galceray, who have by far, the, the, the on paper, the most quality in the league. They should be on top of the league with, with the maximum of the points a la Liverpool, uh, you know, pre-this match day, But they're not. And Fenerbahce are up there because they are. Uh, they have that work rate. I don't know if you agree with me on that if it's like more if, if they have morphed into more of a work rate team rather than a team of individual individualistic quality as they were maybe in the past and even in 2013-14 when uh, Fenerbahce won the league title under uh, Ersunyana under I, I kind of felt like they relied too heavily on a couple of individuals to pull them over the, uh, the finish line so to speak.
1: I mean, in, in, in some aspects I do, in, in that when you're looking at the team playing, there, there doesn't seem to be any egos, like big egos in, in the team, like in the past. So when we had Van Persie, you know, there was a big ego there, uh, for example. And I don't think Ferrabacic uh, some ever them would with like, big, big egos. But like you say, looking at the team now, it looks like they're having fun in training, which is important to see. There's a good... There's a positive atmosphere around the club. There's still the question mark of Faraday. Um, I don't know why he wasn't in the squad. Um Mugliel was asked about it after the match, and he just proceeded to give a talk about saying when you play for Farabach you need to be he, in the right mental count as state. As of. does a
0: foreigner, I think, so that might be a reason. I don't know how many foreigners were in the squad.
1: <laughs> I, well, I think it's, you're allowed 14 in the actual squad. like, And I, um, I, yeah. I, I forget how many on the... Uh,
0: no thirteen, I think.
1: Thirteen. So I would have to double count that. Might but, be wrong. You no, know, some people say he picked up a knock when he was playing on the Terry ones in the Netherlands. I'm not too sure, but you know he like the first two games of the season. I remember him him coming on, him scoring and assisting, especially in the the Gaza chair game and um,
0: yeah, the Bashak sure. yeah.
1: where he provided the cross field for for So he those two games, he came on and had an impact. After that, he came on and he didn't have as big as impact, which you can't expect that, you know, every single game yeah, to come on and have a super sub-impact. But there's a question mark there, but looking at the the team in general, you know, you know photos from, from training, videos from training, watching them on Farabash TV, there just seems to be a good positive buzz about the camp, which is good to see, and that looks like it's translated onto the pitch in terms of players willing to work for each other are willing to, to fight um, that really good engine room in midfield you know Emre still you know, playing out of his socks at 39 Luis Gustavo just you know counting down the minutes until he's sent off but um, <laughs> <laughs> I think you called him a, So you, t- so t- so t- you t- agree
0: with me on that?
1: Well I think he's he's just a very physical and he's a tough player And um, but you, you can see there's a red card in him at some point this season but you know his hair, and moustache, love him. The way he stole the ball off that there is a player that they gifted and showed. It was like he literally slipped it from behind, took the ball off. There is a player didn't even know the ball had been taken off him, and it was beautiful. But. I think the most important thing for us was to, to get the three points and especially to get the three points in Denny's as well and try and you know, hopefully close a, a bad chapter in the club's history by coming out of there with three points and I don't know how the... the I can't remember which player it was he jumped and kneed Emery in the ribs and didn't get booked for it and I think you could quite clearly see that as he went up he, he looked down to me, it looked like he looked down, so he knew where his knee was going. Um, so that was a high knee. So I think that would count as dangerous play. I'm not saying it should be a red card, no. but I think you know it should at least be a, a foul and 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 a yellow for that. Because you see players going in with high feet and knees that have been booked before. But you know, Emrah got up and he gave the assist to Vedat and Vedat, who has just been uh, an absolute revelation. You know probably, you know, top two, three left foot players that have had Alex being number one. And then, you know, you've got Evel Balic, who I loved, and he came he had one season and left. And then you've got this this man mounting, he's just, he's strong, he runs, he's skillful, scored again for Kosovo in an international break. Um, he just seems to go about his business on the pitch without much Um, complaining and moaning, um, but uh, he's left alone at the moment and I would like to see us try and feed him more. So I'm not sure if that's the effect of not having wingers that are putting in good crosses for him. Maybe he missed a link up with Cruiser. Um, Maybe there are too many people with left feet in the the (laughs) squad. Um, But then you've got the Dennis Sports uh, chairman coming out after the game. Saying it's an absolute disgrace that this has happened and and that's happened. Well, I think he's called Ali something. Well, Ali something. You can go and fuck yourself. I was and, I
0: was I was actually looking for the positions he was talking about because I couldn't really. I mean, there's a position in the first half where Zanka's kind of. I don't know if it's in the box, but he was like pushing a guy. Uh, I'm not not sure that's in the. I, I don't know if it was in the box. Um, he was
1: out, he was out muscling and the one I think he's mentioned, and mm-hmm. the one that Selçuk Derli, Selçuk, let's just call him ah, just Selçuk wank face, um, <laughs> saying, well, Gustavo's foul on Mustafa Yumlu, um, that was outside the box and Yumlu f- yeah. um, fell inside the box and proceeded to act like he'd taken two sniper rifle shots to the leg. Um, Gustavo looks like he'd like given a bit of a whack on the leg as he went through and I'm like, Lewis? Yeah, he lost his
0: knee, I think, so it, yep. it, it was uh, it was definitely a mean fall, I think. I think that's why I told definitely. you he's got a red card in him, but that wasn't the penalty because it's outside the box, as you said. Yeah, because, uh, so
1: I don't know why they were complaining so much. I mean, hmm. the, I don't think uh, it's a red,
0: by the way, because a friend of mine said that that should have been red, but I really didn't see it. as. I, it was definitely a little bit of a mean streak, but it wasn't like, he wasn't like, I mean, he's not going to injure him. It, it wasn't hard enough, I think. It wasn't like, bam! You know, just a little, eh, bam like,
1: I don't know. Yeah, it's good just... Bam. You wouldn't think it because he's quite lean, but he is quite strong. He's got good lungs on him as well, and he just um, sometimes he's a calm head, sometimes he's a hot head. You don't know what. Version you've got to get. Yeah, he's any he's time had a couple of, of uh,
0: tackles in the box uh, in the past, where I think two potential penalties in previous games, where I really thought he got. Away. Oh, right, wait, no, that was a one against. I think on his debut match, where he got. I think he got away with something, and then there was the one uh, against uh, Galtrai, maybe. But then I think in the replay, it kind of looked more like that wasn't really what we all thought it was, uh, and that the guy, it was a Belhanda or whoever, yeah. kind of shot in the floor. And that's why he fell uh, but there was another one i think but anyway uh yeah I, I do think he he's gonna end up getting a red card sooner or later this season eh? some but, point
1: uh, maybe yeah. but at the moment you know third in the league 14 points there's an interesting round of games coming up in game week nine which we'll look at at the end i think that's gonna have a good effect on the the top four um coming to the end of game week nine but a good result hopefully uh, Emre isn't too badly injured and we can get Moses and a cruiser back so I think once we've got that ideal first 11 back with our our wingers and Mad Max in there we should be a lot more effective at uh, trying to create chances and getting the ball to Ved out a little bit more because the man will. The man will score definitely. Um, you know he's got it in him. We just need to feed him and get him service. Um, four goals so far. So a goal every game. We can't complain. Um, based on the strikers we had last season.
0: Yeah, and uh, just uh, to come back to the earlier thing, there were nine foreigners in the squad, so that definitely wasn't a reason for Ferdi's omission. Uh, and Victor Moses was on the bench, so he'll be. Uh, back soon I would imagine <laughs> uh, and then maybe one more observation uh and Trabzonspor both uh, successful early on in the season compared to other teams um, and maybe one of the key points in that is Vedat Muric Alexander Solov you know target strong targetman strikers able to hold onto a ball, able to do a little bit more than just hold onto the ball. Um, and they're giving their team time to close in uh, to 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 come up up top and and just hold the ball combine with uh, players, giving them an option in the box around the box. And I think that's something that maybe other teams are lacking right now. Galatasaray have been lacking it with Falcao, who hasn't played much. Andone only just starting to get his uh, you know his feet wet. Or whatever, <laughs> however we say that, um, and of course Beşiktaş have had sporadic. Uh, Burak Yilmaz only just coming back from injury now he's injured again, and then Güven Yelchin, is an absolute disaster as a lone striker. So I think that really makes a big difference, and I think I, I, I rate Fidan very highly. Uh, Sözlü is is winning me over. I, I know I said a couple of weeks ago I'm not a huge, I'm not usually impressed with him, but can't deny. The guy has been performing, and again, you know, this weekend he was instrumental to the win for Trabzonspor, and he's just so important. And maybe he's not the best striker, but he's really useful. And that's the same thing with Vedat. And not the best striker, I mean, when I'm comparing him, I'm comparing him to like a Mario Gomez, eh? not. You know what I mean? Like Jakub, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's not a no, really no. so, uh, clearly just, one of I'm the top
3: strikers f- in the league right now, but he's I'm not just, Mario every Gomez. Time I'm- every time I'm, I'm i'm watching him play i'm thinking like oh i'm going to tell this to khan just watch <laughs> him just just look how good he is you know no
0: no i mean he is good but he's not he's not elite level you know what i mean i think he's i mean he, how old is he? he's like 22 23 he's, so he's really still, young he's really young. yeah so strikers come into their own around 26 27 28 so he's still got lots of room for improvement uh, and he's already pretty good right now and I mean, having a guy like that up top, it, it just adds so much to a team, it gives you uh, possibilities, it alleviates pressure. And I think Fenerbahce and Trabzonspor have that in common right now, they really have a good big man up top. And that's something Besiktas don't have because, well, you know, Burek's injuryness. ness uh, don't really have it right now either. And uh, Alanya don't have a reader because Papi Sise isn't really a big guy, but he's scoring goals. He's banging them in and they play a different type of football. So yeah, I think uh yeah, Surloff and, and, and uh Muric could be uh instrumental in the title race this season too, and of course, Falcao can still be too. We'll have to wait and see. Um, let's move over to Monday, the final match of match day 8. Konya Sport, Malatya Sport, this one ending 2-0 for Malatya Sport. And really, the thing where the match revolved around was Serkan Kirintl's red card in the first minute. I'll leave it to Umut to describe uh, the awesomeness of this red card. Uh, then from the resulting free kick, I believe it was Guillerme scored. Uh, in the fifth minute to make it 1 0 for Malatya Sport or 0 1. And then Robin Yalcin uh, made it 2 0 or 0 2 in the 51st minute to grab the three points for Malatya Sport. And Umut will be telling us a little bit more about this game. Well, this game started in an
4: interesting way as the Konya goalkeeper Sarkan Krintel just handled the ball outside of the box and a straight card red card to him, he handled a, a long ball came to him and just bounced in front of him which happened to Beto of Gösteppe like a few weeks ago if you remember, yeah? He was also red carded and sent off from the game uh, which also ruined the whole gaming plan of Aykut Kocaman and left the team with 10 men for the whole game and they, his old plan just ruined and. Uh, after the incident, Malatya Sport midfielder Guilherme scored from a close free kick. Malatya earned from Sarkan's handball. Uh, basically, game literally started 1-0 for Malatya. whole Konya game plan went into the fire by that Sarkan thing. Uh, but Guilherme, though, uh, should be pointed out. Because he is now the fifth goal scorer in the league following by, following his teammate Adis Yahuć and Trabzonspor sports striker Alexander Serlot uh, by Four goals and being the leader of assist table in the league by five assists.
0: Uh, It should be pointed out he didn't play in the beginning of the season here.
4: Yeah, guys driving in both lanes. Uh, So holding nine direct goal contributions in eight games he's played, which is very impressive from him. Very creative player. He is a great left foot and a very agile body. I'm looking forward to see his contribution for Malatya Sport. You see, these kind of players make some impression under Sargen Yalçin, and not the first time, uh, because a name comes up in the mind. Obviously, Denis Turic, uh, a few seasons ago, he scored 11 goals, following 11 assists for Kaiserslautern uh, under Sargon Yalçin, as well as you know, uh, yeah. Uh, and Gu- Guillaume is going for a similar numbers, as we can see. Uh, Sergen Yalcin loves to use these kind of players and shine them. Because I think he, it resembles his older self, you know?
0: Maybe he would do well with uh, Adam Minhaic. Yeah,
4: maybe. maybe. <laughs> uh, but uh, just looked him up and figured that he was on a three-year loan from the Italian side Benevento. So if Malatya won't buy him, he'll be returning to Italy in 2029, uh, 21 season. Mm-hmm. uh which is a bad thing uh we should be seeing him in the super league he's a really good performer for the league yeah.
0: really good player
4: yeah anyway uh, as Scoin sport trying to keep it tight and all robin yalten scored in the 52nd minute from a defensive error in Konyaspor defense Skubic mm-hmm. uh bounced the ball inside the box and the others failed to clear the ball and robin yalten finished the rebound Ending 2-0, you know, I could Kojiman miss that opportunity to close the week in front of fenerbahce yeah, you'd know he how much he wanted to be on the top of the table. He lost the chance due to Sarcan, and in his interview, he was real angry at Sarcan and telling him to let it go, just concede the goal. Uh, we should be coming around uh, eventually because whole 90 minutes playing ten, yeah. with ten men, is really hard for a team, you know, and. It just destroys the game plan from the beginning, and it's a bad thing. And also, Sergey Yelkin is now in front of Galatasaray on the table at 5th position with his team Malatya, which is great news for him. Level points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah.
0: Go ahead, do you have anything else? Uh, no, no, on, that's it. No? Okay, well, uh, guys, anything to add on this match?
1: No, it just re- revolves around Sarakon currentness mm. madness.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I just don't know what what came over him. Um, did he just like lose his head? Was he not fully concentrated because it was the start of the game? Why didn't he not try to head it? He's got previous like this as well. I think he's letting a goal like this I was seeing online earlier from earlier in his career when a big kick out from a goalkeeper and it just bounced over him as he came out of his goal. But he just plucked
0: this one. It's like he didn't even realise he was outside the box and then he looks yeah. down and says, like, oh shit, the lines are nowhere
1: here. Yeah, and it's like never- what have you done? You absolute
0: I mean, the bi- the Beto one was different. I mean, that one you see. I've never seen this before.
1: No, this was like he was just conducting a training exercise. And it all, it all seemed very normal until he, he woke up and realized he'd been sent off.
0: <laughs> yeah, and he, he, didn't he immediately even argue. realized argue.
4: He didn't even argue.
0: No, why? Well, there's nothing to argue. He yeah, realized yeah. it immediately, his ha- head hanged down. I think he was even crying in his shirt uh, when he was walking off. Uh, or at least cussing himself. Um, qu- go ahead.
1: Go I was just gonna say twenty seconds. That's absolute right. madness. You know, if you're watching the game, you probably you know you you just gone to the toilet and you're washing your hands to get what yourself a glass of water. <laughs> and <you're> like, "What?"
4: <laughs> I, I think he didn't even get sweaty. You know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> probably not. Poor guy. Uh, quick question. I know. I do want to ask though, because i I've been praising Sergen for the past couple of years in his coaching. I feel like he's definitely a talented coach, but every time he's on a team and they lose, like even Malatia Sport, like they haven't lost a lot this season, but I, I remember a couple of weeks ago, they lost 3-0 or something, and then uh, immediately people pop up in my mentions because they know I rate him as a coach, and they're like, oh, you see, Sergen can't do it, and blah, blah, blah. So I'm just curious what your guys' opinion is on this guy as a coach. Um, and and Umud, I know you've been paying probably the closest attention to his coaching career. But what, what's your general assessment of Sergen as a coach?
4: I think he likes to play with the uh, talented players. Like, as I mentioned before, uh, Denis Trews was that kind. He played him uh, on the central position rather than what he usually plays on the right. Uh, uh, right now for the Fenerbahce. Uh, he likes to shine them because... He knows what they are capable of, because he was that player at the time. And the best one uh, in the league, I think I can think of, like like Alex, like Haji, like Sargan. Sargan is the one. He was the one and he knows how things go and how a player can dictate the whole thing in the field. So, uh, if that player is uh, existing in the squad for Sargon, he knows how to Play with them and uh, play alongside the team. And uh, but the thing is with Sargon is uh, he's not consistent uh, in any ways because uh, we 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 are used to that he just goes successfully and at the end he just resigns from what he does. But you know, yeah, I don't know why. Uh, uh, it's a bit his characteristic you know. Uh, uh, I don't know how to describe. it. I don't know. I know when,
0: say... I don't know when he was at Gaziantepspor and he was doing really well there cause and he, that he, he just can, he... vanished. I don't know why. Yeah, but he 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 left because he uh, I think he the season before he came in saved them from relegation then left and then the season after I think he came back and did the same thing again. Um but he did say because there were big issues at the financial issues, where the players weren't getting paid. If the players don't get their wages, I'm out. Yeah, it's and a true. I know thing to that do. I know that happened at least once. But then I don't know why he left Kaiser. I don't know why. Why did he leave Alanyaspor Sport, where we had a really talented squad? I think Errol Bu- Errol is is plucking the, the the fruits of his labor there right now. But even when they were playing last season, it's, it's really weird that they had such a bad start to the season last season uh, before Sergen came in. Because if you look at their their, their squad, they, they have so much quality. Um, they really do. It's not a coincidence that they're up top at the, the table right now. They're not just an Istanbul sport a la uh circa 2004 where they were at the top of the table for a while but they you know were just there because of a little bit of luck and hard work maybe uh, under I Kojama, mind you and um you know where his teams of course are known for that grinda hard work but less quality but here Alanyaspor have such a great quality and I came into Spore who I felt like had a lot less quality. And Alanya sport still do, by the way. I think you have a couple of good players like Guillerme. Uh, I really like uh, M- uh, Mina at the back. Um, but apart from that, you know, I mean, Adiz which is okay, but... Okay, he's, he's, he's high up in the the, the, top, the goal-scoring rankings right now because he scored four goals in one game a couple of weeks ago. But I'm not a huge fan of his. And in general, Fofana, Bifuma, yeah, they're, they're good and quick, but they don't have that much end product. So... It, it's kind of, I'm kind of surprised that they're doing as well as they are doing because I did tip Malatyaspor at the beginning of the season to be struggling this season. But maybe I underestimated <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, uh, I don't think we have anything less to add. So let's move over to the standings. At the top of the table right now are Alanya Sport with 17 points. Fenerbahce are in second position with 15 points, not the third position. Oh, sorry, Trabzonspor. Sorry. Yeah,
1: poop- you, you can't it get that one. It's better not happening
0: again. <laughs> <laughs> Spore <Drusospor laughs> are in second like, position what? with 15 points. <laughs> <laughs> Fenerbahce and Baxakshi here are both on 14 points, but Fenerbahce have uh, the better head-to-head, I think, or the better goal differential. And then we have uh, Malatya Spore and Galtrai both on 13 points on 5th and 6th position. Let's move down to the bottom of the table where we still have Istibaut, Mobilia, Kayseri at the bottom with 4 points. And Sterberli are on 6 points now, so they're moving closer to... Uh, the line so to speak then we have a couple of teams on 8 points uh, the first one in the relegation zone there is Chay-Kuriza Sport, and then we have also Kasim Pasha and Jukatel uh, Denizlispor on 8 points so Denizlispor despite a really good start to the season are finding themselves now in that relegation zone but they are still above uh, the, the cutoff bar uh, based on goal differential. And then we have two po- teams on nine points with Besiktas and Ankara the teams played each other this weekend, of course. And also, um, Gustepe have nine points. So that's really the relegation zone. Um, and then the top of the table. So let's move over to the fixtures for match day nine quickly. Uh, we have Rize Sport taking on Ankara on Friday. Then on Saturday, we have Siva Sport taking on Antalya Sport. Gaziantep Football Club taking Taking on Itimis Alanya Spor and Fenerbahce taking on Konya Spor, so that will be without Serkan Kirintele, and he is very important for uh, Konya Spor, so that's uh, good news for Fenerbahce, I think. Um, then on Sunday we have Yeni Sport taking on Kayseri's Spore. We have Genshterbeli taking on Denizli Spore, so that's an interesting match with the uh, potential relegation implications. And Gustepe takes on Kasim Pasha, another interesting match in the relegation zone. And then Bishiktash against Galatasaray, another interesting match in both the relegation zone and the title race. And then finally on Monday, Basakse here take on Trabzon Spore, which... Uh, I think, actually, it's probably going to be the in- most interesting game of the match day, if I'm quite honest. Because I don't think that uh, besiktas to gonna- is going to be all that interesting, given the- all the injuries Besiktas have right now. I, I just <clears throat> can't see Besiktas uh, put up much of a fight, despite it being at Vodafone Park. Uh, but it's a derby, and you never know. Um, But I think that'll do for this week for episode 8 in our second season of Football Arts. Guys, thank you very much. And of course, thank you to Uzer for also for being, he dropped off earlier, of course, for being here. Uh, Thank you to him and uh, Burak, Jakub, uh, Umut, thanks a lot, guys. And uh, we'll speak again next week, hopefully with uh, a lot of goals again.
1: We will. It's going to be an interesting week next week. Like you said, Beshitash Galatasaray, Beshitash Trabzon and Alanya Sivas as well so it could be all changed at the top of the table when we meet again next week my dear listeners
0: Yeah, let's not forget the European fixtures during midweek. Galzray are taking on Real Madrid, Besiktas are taking on Braga, Trabzonspor are taking on Krasnodar and Bashakchi here are taking on Wolfsburger, if I'm not mistaken. So interesting European fixtures as well during the midweek. And then, of course, at the end of the week, we already uh, told you the game. So uh, for me, Kaan thank you and good night. And guys, have your say. Good night
1: good night good night we'll see you next week Turkaholics thanks for listening